Hey, listeners, it's almost spring. It's a time for new beginnings, especially this year when we've spent two years in near lockdown. I want to know what new beginning are you excited about? Are you starting a new job, a new relationship? Maybe you're in a new place, either physically or mentally. Let me know by going to don'tasktig.org or call 833-ASK-TIG-4 and leave me a voice memo. And if you go to my website, tignotaro.com, you'll find tickets to my Hello Again tour. I'll be in Kalamazoo, Michigan, Milwaukee, Chicago, Madison, Iowa City, New York City, Honolulu, Denver, Salt Lake City, and Houston, among many other cities. So if you're there, come see me live and in person. Now on to the show. I've never heckled anybody out loud. Mm -mm. In my mind, I have. Mm -hmm. But like at a show. Yeah. To yell something out. I can't imagine. And I hate to say it, but it's more the drunk girls, the bachelorette parties that, you know, I don't like this. Change the subject. I had one lady yell at me, change the subject. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not really saying she hates me. She just doesn't like, she doesn't like this subject. Yeah, because I think I was talking about John Madden. So it was football. Uh And she just didn't want to, didn't want to change the subject. I'd be like, okay. Like and I did just a radio, but oh, I but did. You did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. in a club. I just want to get through this lady. You can talk or I can talk either way. As long as I stand here for 45 minutes, I'm getting paid. Exactly. This is Don't Ask Tig. I'm Tig Notaro, and I am neither taskmaster nor askmaster. Joining me today is a comedian who's been performing stand-up for over three decades. She's made dozens of appearances on late-night talk shows and comedy specials on Comedy Central and HBO. Her most recent special, titled Bothering Jesus, is streaming on Netflix. Kathleen Madigan... My old pal from the past, thank you for being here, and how the heck are you? Great, and uh, no problem. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad this is not a controversial podcast. I'm glad that this is just fun, (laughs) and there's nothing hard, and nothing, there will be no follow-up questions that are angry. No. It's just a very, very nice thing. It's not controversial yet. Maybe we'll go off the rails, and we'll be like clickbait soon me and you we could steal the thunder real easily if we wanted to (laughs) and then i will direct all calls to that producer person tom yeah thomas yeah thomas and we will be gone or as my kids call him mr thomas well in the one thing he does look like a mr thomas in his little headshot he looks like tom He used to be my assistant years ago and he went with me to tennessee and we were staying with my relatives and my cousin's son said, um, Mr. Thomas, and we had a cackle about that because he referred to him as Mr. Thomas because we had never called him that before. And then from then on. He's Mr. Thomas. Yeah, he's Mr. Thomas. So. I'm actually um, in Tennessee right now. 
Are you? What are you doing yeah, there? Yeah, I built a house in Nashville on a lake because I didn't like the traffic in Los Angeles anymore. Wow. That was just one night I got in my car and I couldn't get out of West Hollywood. I just couldn't get out. There was no way out. I went, this is crazy. I don't want to be an actor and I don't want to be in movies. I don't want to be in sitcoms. What am I doing here? I'm free to go. <laughs> so I just sold the little tiny house and left. That's incredible. I'm from Missouri, so this is, seems like close enough. I know you are. You know, I'd rather live at my lake in Missouri, but there's no airport. So I had to pick. This is my second choice, Nashville. Okay. And it's great to be in a town where nobody cares about comedy. All they care about is music. Yeah. And I don't know anything about country music, so I'm just like a walking moron. And it's wonderful. I don't know who these people are. I don't mm-hmm. care who they are. Yeah. Do they care about you? Is it mutual? Nobody cares about anyone? Nobody really. Yeah. Like I just saw, seriously, I saw Faith Hill in the UPS Mm -hmm. store and I kind of freaked out a little bit. Yeah. It's Faith Hill. But like nobody bothered her. Even the girls Mm -hmm. in the UPS were like, hey, Miss Hill, just put it there. We'll take care of it. (laughs) Like they just go about their lives. It's very nice. It's not, it's the polar opposite of LA. Now, Kathleen... I must immediately get into this. To quote your Wikipedia entry. Okay. You were a student athlete, participated in volleyball, track, and basketball, and you set a record by winning the 1978 Mid-Missouri Hoops Shoot Championship. At the time, you were four feet, five inches tall, and set a record as the shortest person to win the event. You shot underhanded, sinking 14 of 15 attempts. Can you verify this? It's 100% true. I would also have to put an asterisk that the schools I went to, you didn't have to make the teams. I was Mm -hmm. in the Ozarks, and there just weren't enough people. So if you just showed up, you got to play. Like, I'm horrible at volleyball and basketball. I should have never been doing it. It sounds like it. But I just wanted to go for the bus rides. It was social. I didn't want to be left out, so... But the hoops to shoot thing, I made my parents drive from St. Louis to Kansas City for the finals. I announced to them that I'd made it to the thing, and I said, we all got to go, and there's nine of us. I'm like, pack the wagon, we're going, and I won. And then I retired. Yeah. I got out really early. And underhanded. Yes, but I don't know why. You know, there's some old-timey <laughs> NBA players that did it. I, my dad would know their names. Old guys know the names of them because they were famous for it. There's no shame in a, Who cares if it goes in? Yeah. Just just get it in. The Harlem Globetrotters did it. Right. I don't know why. Why you have to have the form. Why do I have to go like that? But why couldn't you go like that? I think my arms are too short. I don't know. It just <laughs> never got there. I mean, Wait, I tried. You, what do you mean your arms are too... You just did it without well, a ball in your hand. You did perfect form. Near perfect. No, it would have to be like a papa shot ball. The real ball's too heavy or something. How tall are you now, Kathleen? Well, I have shrunk. I'm now five foot. I used to be five one. Wait. It's getting weird. Really? Yeah, I'm five foot. I'm tinier too. I had back surgery, so I think I lost like an inch. I don't even have that excuse. <laughs> It's just happening in real time. You know, if I'm totally honest, you barely are showing up on Zoom. Well, yeah. I also slouch. Yeah. And no judgment. I mean, you know, whatever height you are. It's getting weird. It's getting weird. All right. There's nothing you can do about it. I already asked. Before you you did stand-up, you were in journalism. For uh, about a year and a half. Yeah, I was really bad at it. Like, I didn't care. Why'd you get into it? Because I can't do math. I can't do science. Like in the Midwest, we're told about 
five careers, basically. That's what mm. you're presented with. You can be a business major or this or that, an engineer. So process of elimination, I'm like, well, I can't do that. I can't, I guess I'll do this. I can write. Mm-hmm. But you, to be a journalist, it's almost like being a comic. You have to have passion. Mm-hmm. I don't have the passion. You clearly have the passion for stand-up because there's a few stand-ups where you go, those are stand-ups. Like, no matter what's happening, they're always doing stand-up. And you are one of them. And you're consistently yes. solid, strong, churning out new stuff. Well, it's the only thing I like. Like, I yeah. went one time with Lewis Black, my friend. He was on an episode of The Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. And he only had, like, five minutes at the end. We were there from four in the afternoon till 11 at night. Mm -hmm. Me and his assistant drank a bottle of wine. I took Mm -hmm. a nap. I memorized his lines. I memorized the script, the whole script. I memorized (laughs) everything. And I said, I I don't understand what's fun about this. Yeah. Versus, hey, let's go to, um, you know, Chicago. And then I just go bullshit for an hour and a half and I'm free to run around Chicago. I love stand up. Yeah. I don't have the patience for acting, sitcoms. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So Mm -hmm. I just ended up like this. I do think if you're really a comedian and that's what you really want to be, all those other things are kind of distractions. I Mm -hmm. remember going on a commercial audition because I didn't have any money and I thought maybe I could get a commercial and it was for mayonnaise and they were screaming Mm -hmm. at me that I wasn't happy enough. And I was like, well, (laughs) it's mayonnaise. Like, it's pretty good, but it's not like, holy crap. Like, and then I just thought, what am I doing here? This is a whole day. It took all day. I'd rather be at the beach. So I just stopped. Yeah, I wasn't somebody that got into stand-up to get into TV and film. Yeah, I, yeah, me neither. When people are like, what do you want? I'm like, to do bigger venues. Right. Stand-up is still the thing that I love. And it's so inspiring when I see other comedians that are consistently writing and touring and that that's what drives them, you know? And it's more fun to watch them perform when you know that that's what's driving them. and That they're excited. Yeah. There's a few out there. They like griff genres. They just keep mm-hmm. grifting and then they're stand up for a while and then this and that. And then maybe they'll come back. And that's it's fair enough. You know, the mm-hmm. stage is open for anybody. But I just always thought, what is it that this person really wants? Or is it just immense amount of celebrity and fame, which is something I also don't really want? Mm-hmm. Uh, no desire. And so with your stand up, what would you say is your process of writing and continuing? I mean, do you have those moments where you think that might be the last bit in me? Not yet, but I could see it. Uh Like, I shouldn't say I'm happy during a pandemic because people are sick and people are working super hard. But I was told by the government to stay home and I had a lovely time. So I could see retirement. Yeah. Like, and I will retire. I'm not going to be Don Rickles, 85 years old in a casino. I might be there gambling, but I'm not going yeah. to be doing a show. I'm not. There will be a day where I go, mm-hmm. this has been fun, but it's a job. Yeah. Like Lewis Black was like, don't you miss performing? I'm like, no, this is fine. I'm good. Maybe yeah. I will eventually after I've watched everything on Netflix, everything on Hulu. I've cleaned up the upstairs. I found stuff I moved six years ago. Like <laughs> I... I was very busy. I had a I had a wonderful time. So I could see you quitting. Yes. Not just yet. Yeah. Not just yet. Well, it's I'm happy to know how happy you are, Kathleen. Uh, very happy. And that you've you've found your spot in the world. Yes. And are you ready to give some advice to my listeners? Sure. Sure. 
Our first question was sent in by someone making a fresh start. Angela writes, Dear Tig and venerated guest, soon I am going to be starting a new job at a nonprofit. Do you do anything special when you start a new job in order to build good relationships with coworkers and supervisors? I don't know that you should do anything. I, I vote lay low. Mm-hmm. Have them come to you. Or maybe <laughs> there's so much judgment. Like I would love it if somebody put a tiny bottle of Bailey's on my desk, right? Mm. And went, hi, nice to meet you. But you would get judged because I'd think she went and bought all those tiny liquors. Like who does that except people who are in a liquor store a lot? A booze hound. Right. Would you do something? You, you're even more... Less social than me. Yeah, I I think that, you know, I've gotten better with age, with experience, because I think I didn't extend myself sometimes to people in ways that there was nothing personal. I just hadn't developed that muscle yet, um, and I never really thought it would come. But I think I've gotten better at it, and... I don't know that I would necessarily do anything, but if I did do something, which would be hard for me, it's kind of like saying hello to somebody sitting next to me on a flight sometimes. It's hard. Um, And I might just introduce myself (laughs) and find out people's names. And I think that sometimes anything as simple as that can make people just feel good. Yeah, like if I don't know what she's working in, but if they're like cubicles, if you pop your head in and go, hey, I'm Kathleen, I just got hired. I'm three cubicles down, (laughs) two doors down. Yeah, that would seem normal. Mm -hmm. But anything beyond that, I think then you're the weird person that brought cookies on your first day. But to be honest, if somebody brought cookies, I would be like, awesome. You know, (laughs) see, I think I don't know that person. I don't know what's in that. I don't trust that person yet. It's a little too, no pun intended, it's too sweet for me, my taste. Yeah. Like, there's always that lady in the office that, like, on Valentine's Day ties a little red thing for everybody. And put. And I always just go, what are you doing? <laughs> but, yes, your idea, go introduce yourself to people. That's fine. I always just picture more you'd run into somebody in the break room or something and go, oh, hey, Bob. Yeah. I'm Kathleen. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go around the whole office and be like, hey, I'm Tig. If so, you know, but, uh, you know, if somebody's desk was next to mine or cubicle or somebody was across the hall, I might be like, hi, I'm Tig. I'm new here. And hopefully I'll make it to the holidays for the bonus or whatever right. good is to come. Or, hey, I'm Angela. I just started here. I'm excited to be here, but is there anything I should know? Yeah, that's funny and approachable. Yeah, crack the ice in a funny way about the job, but don't try too hard with the comedy. I also feel like nonprofits are very upbeat. Mm-hmm. It's because a lot of fundraising. Mm-hmm. Another thing I'm terrible at are sales. Like if I ask you, hey, will you donate to this? And you go, no. I go, okay. And I walk away. But f- nonprofits, I mean, I don't know what this lady's job is within the nonprofit, but it's a lot of that. Yeah, we're the United Way. Yay. Yeah, I've also met some really like exhausted nonprofit people because it's never ending. Yeah, I mean, every and it's year, also just like, oh, we're not profiting at all. 
<laughs> like there is no profit to what we do. Okay, great. I'll go in and do this again. It's all for you. All right. Well, I don't like either as a comic. I like to see things completed and finished mm-hmm. and then do yeah. another thing. The yeah. fundraising, it never ends. You're never finished, mm-hmm. which would drive me insane. Yeah. I, I, I need to know that there's an end. Angela, good luck at your new job, but I would say it sounds like hell to me and Kathleen. So our advice is get out of there, you know? Not really. Um, Don't go. (laughs) Don't don't go. (laughs) Go for profit. All right, it's time for a break, Kathleen, and we'll be back with more questions. It's Janae Desmond Harris, aka Dear Prudence, and I want you to tell me about all your problems. Each week on Slate's Dear Prudence podcast, I'm here to tackle your questions about relationships, sex, work, family, and beyond, all with the help of an expert guest. We'll help you navigate it all. Whether you're a teen dealing with parents, an adult looking to spice up your sex life, or you just need some validation that you're not losing it, we're here to listen and to offer some guidance. Need help? Just ask Prudy. New episodes every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. You can get it, too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Sephora, and Zappos. And even stack deals on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Kathleen, here's our next question. Grace writes, when you're ending a friendship, is it better to tell the person the reasons why or just tell them you've moved on from the friendship and say goodbye? If you know you're moving on and don't want to reconcile, I wonder about the benefit of explaining why. What do you think? Well, like, let's say, and I know, obviously, we don't talk every day, Kathleen, but, right. you know, we've been friends for a long time. But let's say you called me and you said, uh, Tig, I'm moving on from the friendship. <laughs> Goodbye. It's, it's such a strange thing to say. <laughs> I'm moving on. Like, you might say you're moving on from a marriage. <laughs> 
but like a friendship, I maybe I'm just a, a, a complete asshole because I don't feel that attached to start with. Two friends? Well, I mean, I'm attached to my friends, but I don't feel like... If Louis Black called Well, you he's said, a BFF. He's a best lifelong yeah. friend. I don't right. know what she's defining either. Is this like somebody two years you well, talk to? who knows with Grace? You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the problem. Grace is probably too nice to start with just by having the name Grace. Yeah, with the name Grace, you would think she would just know how to do this naturally, but we apparently not. We have to help Grace here. I've had friendships where it's just kind of naturally grown apart. I guess there have been people that consistently still try to wedge themselves in there. And that's where uh, I feel like, and I've talked about this before in the show, where I oftentimes think about this old friend of mine. She's, I think, like 10 or 15 years older than me. And at the time, I think I was maybe 20 or something. And I was so stressed about hurting people's feelings and one person in particular because they really wanted a friendship with me and I just liked them but I just didn't have an interest or time for the level of friendship that they wanted and I remember my friend saying they're the one being rude you're not the one being rude setting a boundary they're the one being rude pushing beyond that boundary and being consistently demanding of your time or calling all the time and not recognizing that you're not meeting them there. Right. So do you tell that person? Well, no, then you just kind of get okay with, well, that's what I did is I just had to get okay with the fact that I don't owe them anything more. This is their issue. Right. You know what I mean? But I think that Grace is probably experiencing something else where it's somebody she already was in a friendship with. And maybe she felt like she outgrew them. And I think that's okay, too. But I wouldn't just pick up the phone and say, I've moved on from the friendship. Goodbye. Well, I'm a big fan of running away. Oh. I don't love confrontation. Okay. So I just drift away. But if pushed, Mm -hmm. I would tell them why. If they make me. Give an example. Oh, one of them. Long time ago, one of my comedian friends, like the drinking and the drugs just got too much and I, I, and I drifted away. Was it me? It, exactly. Right. With your plant-based diet. Um, <laughs> uh, then he would just keep calling and calling and calling. And then finally I just said, look, dude, I'll, I'll pay for rehab for you or whatever. But if you're not willing to do something, I can't just watch you go downhill. So mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm out. And he got it. Yeah. He was fine with that. Mm-hmm. But I think it I think it would be very funny to just call someone and say I'm moving on from the friendship. Goodbye. Like you don't say why. That's even yeah. more startling. Yeah. You hang up. You hang up before there can be any questions. Right. I'm moving on. Period. You can say I'm moving on from the friendship, no more questions. Or I'm not taking any questions. And then if they text, you text back new phone who dis. I'm somebody where I kind of need more closure. Yeah. Especially if I'm close with somebody, then I definitely try and give the person and the moment what I think it needs. And then if it doesn't work from there, then I start to fade away. Then I'm like, look, I don't know what to tell you. You know, Um, we're on a different page here. But you're either comfortable with having that confrontation or not. Or when it's happening. I mean, somewhere along the middle, that lady didn't say much to that friend. I think it's mm-hmm. weird to come to the conclusion I'm moving on and you haven't 
had any lead up there. Yeah. Like, hey, you're getting to be kind of a drunk. Right. You know, you'd say that. And then a year later, go, remember that thing I said? Yeah. Have you planted any seeds, Grace? Yeah. So maybe plant some seeds. Or um, even though we said earlier, don't do the I'm moving on from the friendship goodbye. I'm now starting to think maybe do do that and record the exchange and send that in. And we would love to play it here on Don't Ask Tig, like how that goes and what the follow up, if any, is from this friend that just gets the hi, I've moved on from the friendship goodbye. Yeah. And if she does that, we need to know how long she was friends with that person. Because mm-hmm. if it's just somebody at your bar that happens to have your number, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it ain't worth all that. But if Go to a new bar. Right. There's other bars. What if that's all that this is, is that Grace just needs to go to a new bar? She may. People get comfortable in their spots, and they don't want to move on. Yeah. yeah. Go to a new bar. Yeah. Or wherever you hang out. Go to a new place of wherever that is. Maybe she's a yoga person. Go to a different yoga class. Who knows? I always just go back to a bar because that's usually where I'm at. Grace, that's what we think. Find a new bar. Kathleen, this next question involves a trip to the confession booth. Oh. Welcome to the confession booth. The Don't Ask Tig confession booth features listeners sharing secrets they've never told anyone in order for us to give them the advice they're afraid to ask for. Today's confession was sent by Harriet. Harriet writes, 25 years ago, I attended an all-inclusive one-week vacation in Cancun, Mexico. They had a comedy night And during the show, I was very rude and heckled one of them for not being funny. Oh. After the show, she walked by our table, and I did it again with a comment about her being sick and asked her if she was on drugs. I've always felt horrible about my behavior. Over the years, I have since watched her stand up on TV, and now I listen to her podcast. She is one of the funniest people I have ever seen or heard. I would like to apologize for my behavior so many years ago. Is this a good idea? Kathleen, is this about me or you? I was like, I was just rewinding. <laughs> like, did anybody ever ask me if I was on drugs? No. Sick? No. It's not me. It's the, it's, I don't think it's you. You don't ever come off as like you're on drugs. No, I don't think so. Sometimes people think I'm high. Well, maybe edibles, right. I don't even do that. Right. Uh, Yeah, sure. Send that person a note to their website or whatever. Say you're sorry. Say somebody wrote to me and they said, hey, I was at your show 25 years ago. First of all, that would be my first open mic because I've been doing this 25 years. But if somebody said, I saw you X amount of years ago, even if it was last week, even if it was at the show last night, even if it was my first open mic and somebody wrote and said, hey, you know, I've never felt good about this. I did this. I heckled you. I was rude. I was mean. And with reflection, I just feel terrible. I'd be like, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah. And if it makes you feel, you know, you could also say I'm moving on from your fan friendship. (laughs) Goodbye. Yeah, moving on. (laughs) Like, uh, if it makes them feel better, it's no skin off my back. Sure, go ahead and do it. Yeah. I can't imagine... um, holding on to something that long 
It must have been really bad. Also, I'm certain that comedian has heard worse. Wouldn't you say? Uh, it's hard to picture a lot of women getting that. I picture the go- some of the guys. You saw what happened to me in Ireland, Kathleen. I, I did. I was, I was, I was there. I uh, yeah. <laughs> but that was a weird time and space. That was a, that was a bad fit. <laughs> I said it before it happened. I'm like, this is, these people are not going to get it. So, yes, I've seen things that were like uncomfortable would be a good word. Not even bad, more just like uncomfortable and strange. And then I remember that person came to the party that night still looking for you. And I'm like, when are you going to let this lady just... Yeah, he came to the private after party. I remember it might have even been you that said something about, and I experienced it, where it's like, yeah, if you bomb in this town. You're still in this town, and it's two streets. Yeah, yeah, cobblestone. It was a nightmare. And so I bomb, and they yelled at me through the whole set that I was ugly, I wasn't funny to get off stage, that I was boring, and I was just about to die. I was so upset. And then I went to the after party that was supposed to be exclusive. And you'd think that you would be safe there. And the guy hunted me down to keep talking, to keep being mean, attacking me. Yeah. Now that man owes you apology. Yeah. Somebody was not very nice to me backstage. And I was, I just wanted to die. I was like, enough already, please. And how much do you hate me that you went and stole a badge to get in here to yell at me? Right. Like, that's a whole different level of determination to yell at me. Yeah, I remember thinking that the word was going to get back to the States and my career was going to be over as soon as I landed back in L.A. Because because I didn't do, I didn't kill in a bar and kill Kenny Ireland yeah. on the main street. Yeah. Well, that's a long story, but I... I don't know if this lady wants to do it. Here's the thing. Yeah. Now you can find everybody on Twitter. Right. Just send it in a tweet. Yeah. Then you feel like you did it. I don't know if they'll see it. I see most of mine. Okay. And I have a lot of followers, so. All right. Well. We say yes. Send something to the person. We. I'd like to know who it was. It might have been me. I'd like to know who it was. If it, if it shows up on my Twitter feed, I'll know it was me. <laughs> All right. Should we assign penance to Harriet? Well, I was only assigned one penance my entire life in Catholic school. Mm-hmm. We all get, we're given the same thing. Three Our Fathers, mm-hmm. three Hail Marys, and one um, Glory Be to God. It didn't matter what you said. That's how I knew the mm-hmm. priest was too old because I could have walked in there and said I murdered my parents. Well, that's too bad. Say Three Our Fathers, three Hail Marys, and one Glory Be to God. So I'm going to give her the same thing the old priest would give us. All right. Three Our Fathers, three Hail Marys. Harriet, to atone for your sin, that's what you do. Right there, straight from Kathleen Madigan. Kathleen, it's time for our last segment. Okay. We're calling this Don't Ask your heroes. Everyone always says don't meet your heroes, but what about asking your heroes for advice? Don't ask your heroes is the part of the show where we imagine what your hero might say about a particular question that's on your mind. First of all, if you had to name one person, who is your hero? Dolly Parton. Ah, I like your style. Uh, And if you could ask Dolly Parton one advice-related question, what would you ask her? Advice-related? Um, Mm -hmm. 
Well, she seems to be a really good business person, and I'm not. So if I said I wanted to open my own theme park like yours, but mine would have alcohol, hers doesn't, how do you get rolling on that? Okay. The problem is I don't want to talk to my heroes. Yeah. But I know this is the segment. So if I had to ask Dolly something, I think mm-hmm. she would probably be more interested in answering. This is where my codependent part comes into because I'm thinking, what would she want to not answer? She's probably mm-hmm. sick about how do you write a song? How do you, mm-hmm. you know, ha, ha, ha. But the business end of it, she just offered everybody who works at Dollywood. I may go work at Dollywood, part-time, seasonal, and full-time, free college. Free college. So I would ask Dolly, how can you afford that? And what do you think she would say? Well, to get a theme park started, you got to think of some rides. That's how I think it would start. I just made So booze. wait, you think, <laughs> you think, think she- Dolly sat around... And thought of the rides at her thing. Yeah, and I think she thought of the booths and stuff, too. Like, it's all very mountainy, like leather making, making a belt. That is precious that you think she has anything to do with her theme park. I do. I mean, they just stamped her face on a theme park and said Dollywood. I think she does. She gets up at 3 in the morning. I think she's overlooking. (laughs) She's looking at plans and approving it. And then adding things. <laughs> I think she's into it. I do. Oh my. Kathleen, thanks for being on the show. It's been great to see you again and connect. Yeah, you too. Is there anything you'd like to um, mention before we go? Um, well, I have my, my little Madigan's podcast. It's just weird mm-hmm. stories. I don't have guests. It's just during the pandemic, my siblings all have real jobs. And like I was yep. calling them. I don't know. I just want to talk about weird stuff. Like there was a a king cobra loose in Grand Prairie, Texas. A man forgot to lock the cage and there was a cobra loose. And I called my brother and I was like, can you believe like I wouldn't even go outside if I lived in Grand Prairie, just knowing there's a banded six foot long spitting cobra. And he's like, well, you know what? You're not going to believe Kathleen. I have a job. And he hung up. Nobody wanted to talk to me about I was so bored that I read everything. And I'm like, hey, look at this. There's zebras loose in Maryland. I didn't even know you could own a zebra. How is that possible? So then I just did the podcast. So if you want to listen to the podcast, it's out there. Otherwise, I'm just on the road everywhere forever until I quit. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show. It's been great to see you again and connect. Yeah, you too. Bye, Kathleen. Thanks. Bye. And go to Tignotaro.com for tickets to my tour going on right now. It's called Hello Again. And here I am again reminding you to come see me again. Don't Ask Tig is hosted by me, Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willette, Shana Deloria, and Ryan Lore. 
Our executive producer and editor is Beth Perlman. Engineering and sound mixing by Johnny Vince Evans and Eric Romani. Digital production by James Napoli. Talent booking by Marianne Ways. Production support from Pizza Shark. Our theme music is Friend and Tig by Edie Burkell and Kyle Crusham. And Listen to Your Heart by Edie Burkell. Special thanks to Hunter Seidman. APM Studios executives in charge are Lily Kim, Alex Shaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Concept developed by Tracy Mumford. Our executive consultant is Dean Capello and Gobsmack Studios. You can always ask for advice at don'tasktig.org. Just write in with your problem or send us a voice memo. Remember to follow us on social media at Don't Ask Tig. Don't Ask Tig is a production of American Public Media. And as always, thanks, Dana. And I'll tell Becky. I'm stand-up comedian and sex symbol Tig Notaro. And I'm actor and writer Cheryl Hines. Before Cheryl and I got into the big business of podcasting together, <laughs> we were just simply friends. And we're still friends. But now we talk about a different documentary every week on our podcast, Tig and Cheryl, True Story. So whether you love documentaries or just want to hear us slowly lose our minds, check out Tig and Cheryl, True Story, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, cool. <laughs>